This is your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes jam-packed with up-to-the-minute news from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice every weekday. This is Monica Perez. I'm Brad Binkley. Impeachment articles might be drawn up as soon as the end of this week, according to House Judiciary Chair Nadler. That's a shocker. Yes, isn't that a shocker? And boy, what a lot of hard facts and specific crimes they have teed up for this it's about time moment. Nadler says that Trump has, this one really made me laugh, has put him has put himself above his country. That's really what this high misdemeanor is. That is the narrative they've been pushing over the past month is his putting his personal interest above the interest of the nation, just presuming that the nation all agrees that nobody should ever investigate the Bidens or ever investigate Ukraine. That on the one hand, and then on the other hand, this is exactly what the Democrats, that's what everybody does all the time. That's what this whole Christopher Steele dossier was about. It was the Democrats paid him to do that. And, and not to mention, if they voted in favor of impeachment, our election year will be dominated by an impeachment trial against the sitting president who is running for re-election. I mean, if that's not putting politics above all, which is, for these guys, party and politics are identical with themselves because that's how they get their money. That's how they get their status, their prestige, their lifestyle. It's It's all it is is about themselves. Yeah, and with the election year, having the impeachment going on, that high drama, and we've talked about this a lot, but Nadler added further confirmation to what we have been pointing out for a long time. Today he said something like – and I'm paraphrasing, but he said something like, Donald Trump is jeopardizing the 2020 election, and we can't let him do that. We have to stop him. Otherwise, the 2020 election is jeopardized. So just laying out there that there's only one acceptable outcome, that Trump doesn't win. Otherwise, it is an invalid election, and we're going to do whatever we're going to take to the streets. Right, And Trump is doing nothing. He's doing, doing nothing. nothing. Yeah, he's not doing – he is not jeopardizing the election. They are. Yeah. And this is – for me, I want to just read you specifics of what they're saying would be in the articles or what the underlying issues are, just real quick. But I, when I look at this and listen to this, all I can think of that is that this is a triumph of subjectivity, subjectiveness over everything, over, over – uh, the rule of law, the idea that law is 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 up to interpretation. So when I think of uh, you know, you know, when I was in law school, I think it was either there's a, it's either they're called the three professions or the three vocations, and it was clergy, medicine, and um law. And the idea behind it was that you couldn't really be good at those professions if you didn't have a calling for it. And when I would try to analyze the law from a point of view of being someone very analytical, black and white, numbers-wise, I wouldn't always get it right. I mean, I would say, logically speaking, this person should win. 
but the but the really famous jurists would really understand the fundamental justice behind something which which it was very hard for me to get my mind around wasn't always black and white analytical like that and the policy implications of where you want to draw the lines and especially with whom you put the responsibility for compliance so it was like a basic principle that you couldn't have a law that could not be enforced or you didn't want a law that created perverse incentives so so like driving is a great example if you hit somebody somebody who cuts you off and is clearly wrong in every way but you hit that person you are per se at fault de facto at fault you're not allowed to hit people Mm -hmm. because it's in your control and they can't set it up so that you go around punishing people for being technically wrong so there's a nuance to law and it's essential for it for it to operate properly and what these people are doing is there because that nuance is hard to really expressly define they're used taking this opportunity to act like it's up to interpretation it isn't it's like salting food in my opinion if you had 10 of the greatest chefs in the world in separate rooms with the same plate of food they would all agree on whether it needed more or less salt they would all agree like there would be no so you can't say what the exact right amount of salt is but i believe that it's not that that there is a truth to it. I know this all sounds crazy, but they're really abusing that in my opinion. And then Mm -hmm. you do, you will have a, a breakdown and maybe that's why this idea of values and morals and culture and all that kind of stuff that goes into some of the statements of the founders. Like when you hear without, you know, that, um, someone, I think it was Adam said something like, if it's not a Christian nation, it won't work. Something like that, which I don't even think he was Christian. Like really, I think that you could also find quotes from him saying the, the idea of a personal God makes no sense. Something like that. You know what I mean? I'm saying they, they're not saying that they're Christian. They're just saying that you have to have that common value system or it's not yeah. going to work. I don't, maybe I'm out of my depth there with that, but I just feel like there's something very profoundly wrong with how this stuff is being allowed to unfold where the politics is actually replacing rule of law to the detriment yeah. of, of, of justice. And they make it clear that they're, they're doing that. You'll see CNN. I've seen this over and over again. They'll say, oh, the Republicans will try to tell you that this is too complex, that there's too many details to understand, and it's too hard. No, 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 no. Here's everything that you need to worry about and forget everything else. And you just eliminate nuance, simplify it, stupefy it. It goes back to fun world. You're stupid. No, you're stupid. You're stupid. No, you're stupid. Just mind controlling people to the point of where their brains are melted and all they can all the only discussions they're having are these uh stupefied simple simplifications yelled back and forth at each other yes and and i think this is how since they've gotten people so completely immersed in the partisanship and divorced from ideology which i think is the difference between ron paul and donald trump so i'm not saying it's completely on the left although it's glaring on the left right now glaring i mean for them, for people not to understand that their number one value added, their number one goal in life should be anti-war. That they, that, yeah. you know, it's like us with the, it's like the, I shouldn't say us. That makes Christy, you know, Christy, it makes her cringe. She's like, don't say us. It's not us. I'm like, okay. But people, <laughs> fiscal conservatives, people who believe in, in, um, you know, don't want big spending government to, to 
give Trump a pass on debt and the sequester and everything is uh, is is tantamount to that. You you don't you don't get fiscal conservatism on the left or anti-war on the right or re- vice versa anymore at all. Like there is no and yet they say that we're more polarized than ever and that's just a psychological trick and it's and it's being used not just to undermine politics but it's being used to undermine this foundational law. It's that I'll never forget that Michael Chertoff saying we need a new legal architecture. He's very, very wrong about that. And the only reason we would, he's right for him, his own point of view. But the only reason we would need that is to subvert these millennia old apparatuses of justice for the individual, which we have hard won as humanity. But uh, that's my kind of deep dive, but I'll, I'll give you just a few details and we can go on. Okay. So... There were two lawyers, kind of dueling lawyers, like your dueling reports last week. One was for the Democrats, Daniel Goldman, who boiled it down as saying there were four basic underlying issues here. Uh, One was a for the impeachment. One was a scheme to pressure Ukraine to open two investigations, one into Biden and one into 2016 election interference by the Democrats. To a, a, scheme. a scheme, I love that phrasing, scheme. or the Ukraine pressure campaign. That's that was yeah. that's another one that comes up a lot. You to use of office and foreign policy tools to uh, exert pressure uh, for these two investigations. That three Pence and Mulvaney and others were quote in the loop. I guess he wouldn't go so far as to say complicit or whatever. I they, if they're going to name anybody by name, please make it Pompeo. This is one of their charges. They were in the loop. You're getting exactly to where I'm going with this uh, or where Republicans are going. The fourth thing is continuing pressure on on Ukraine. So that's that's what it all boils down to. And then the rebuttal is basically Kellyanne Conway gave one and the lawyer for the Republicans gave the other. Kellyanne Conway makes it clear what the what the argument's going to be and that is you there is no crime cited. So the Democrats are saying you basically don't even need a crime, that a high misdemeanor is not a crime, or it would have just said high crimes. It says high crimes and misdemeanors. So in the Constitution, it says bribery, treason, and high crimes and misdemeanors. So I I will look into, like, the definition of that at that time, what they meant by that. But these people are saying it's not, it doesn't even have to be a crime. It can just be kind of a moral infraction, which, of course, would negate all political power, all political power. Yeah. Yeah. Because who's morals? No. And and it's not that it's that they. Yes, that. But but also that this is how it works, that 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 is what Blagojevich is all about. Trump came to meet with Kemp about who was going to be put in Isaacson's chair. That's what Blagojevich wanted Obama to do. And Obama said, I'm not even going to I'm taking your power away. And Blagojevich was like, the rules of quid pro quo are above any mere politician. I have the high ground here, you know, and that guy is still in jail for that. Wow. I mean, yeah. you bust the system like that, like, you, you know, you, you talk back like Martha Stewart or Joe Nacho, who pushed back against wireless wiretime. Anytime you push back against the system, you go to jail. That is my opinion. But anyway, so this yeah. quid pro quo is the, is the default state. Yeah, I, I was going to say – a definition of politics could very well be people engaging in a series of quid pro quos for the pursuit of power. 
Yeah. Yes, I think that's right. Or conspiring. This would be this, the, the second thing that they could do. The alternative would be to conspire with each other to get the benefit of your rights at your expense. So when you delegate, yeah. you know, taxing or defense or whatever, they get together and decide how to use that for themselves. And uh-huh. because we stupidly gave it up to them. But that's when I became an anarcho-capitalist. I was like, oh, I see. No, I withdraw my consent from that process. Thank you anyway. Yeah. But the, so the, but the lawyer said two things. He said, there's no direct evidence. It's all hearsay and speculation, which it is, un- unless you want to just look at the, the text of the transcript, which even the text of the transcript is in dispute. This thing is ridiculous. And he also— Yeah, they say, oh, it's clear in the transcript, quid pro quo, even though he says but it's But it not. can't be a quid pro quo because it was not in Trump's power to withhold that— that bribe, whatever it was considered, the aid forever, it was not in his power. It was a congressional thing. So then it would just have had to be a bluff. But Zelensky didn't know it was being withheld. Uh-huh. So how can you have a bluff about something you don't have the power to do unless you actually pretend like you that it's on the table? I mean, it just makes no yeah. sense. And that kind of goes to what Castor, the, the lawyer, said uh, he, that Zelensky denies even feeling pressure. And I, I don't even think I don't know if he says that Zelensky wasn't aware of the aid. I think I think that's part of the argument, too. So this is where they're headed. I think it's hilarious that the mainstream media has made anything Zelensky says irrelevant unless it confirms what they're promoting. So if he says, I didn't feel pressure, there wasn't a quid pro quo, no, that's not the case, then they're just, yeah, 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 he's a, he's new to politics, he's stupid, he has to say, there's all these excuses that we're supposed to just ignore what the person here in question is saying. And an interesting development is happening today in relation to that. Zelensky is meeting with President Putin in Paris and also with leaders of Germany and France because there are meeting there to have peace talks to try and end the fighting in Ukraine. And I was thinking about this. Zelensky ran on the promise of getting them out of war. That's what he ran on. And he won largely based on that. And over half of the country, based on polling, wants this war to end quickly at Ukraine. And so even though this is what he ran on, and over half the country in polls once this war to end quickly at that meeting it does not matter what it is if he makes the slightest compromise with putin the slightest compromise at all if he doesn't stand up and say i want more violence more death and more mm-hmm. war throw a cup of water on putin and storm out if he doesn't do that our media will frame this meeting as well Zelensky, because of pressure and coercion from for Trump, has bowed down to Putin. Putin's in control of Ukraine. Yeah. So if, yeah. He, if he capitulates at or if he compromises at all, it'll be framed as capitulation, and they'll say that he's because of the pressure from Trump, and now Russia is now in control. So it's just how they're tying it all together. Any compromise, any ending of the war is going to be framed as being Russian collusion. And you said it a second ago, the anti-war Democrats or progressives – are going to be shouting, no, yeah, no, war! Don't end this war. That's that's Russian collusion. I I think there's a possibility that this was this was coming, and I think it was because of of how Zelensky won, and Zelensky himself 
he's owned by Kolomoisky, and that those guys don't. I don't consider Zelensky a, an above board actor. I think that he he is an actual actor. He's an actor. I mean, he's an yeah. actor. So, I think they need cover domestically in Ukraine for yeah. for this stuff like escalating in Russia, even though he was elected to do the opposite. Just like Trump was elected to pull out of the Middle East, he's escalating there, and we will escalate. He was elected mm-hmm. because he didn't like the TPP. I just saw, as we were talking, a headline that says, Trump nears USMCA compromise with Democrats. So we're getting that trade stuff. They just need cover. They just need that facade. And it's quite possible this whole thing is, in fact, I'm more and more convinced that it is a way to stop what was going to actually be a Burisma investigation, that Trump actually said that on this call to give Zelensky cover for suppressing a Burisma investigation because his boss, Kolomoisky, is behind it. Zelensky has yeah. to suppress the Burisma investigation over there for Kolomoisky, and they were proceeding before this happened, and they're continuing to press for it. And because Trump asked for it, now Zelensky gets to say no. And I would say it's possible that exact same tactic is behind how they approach Russia, because you're right, they continue to try to negotiate with Russia without the U.S., and that that just that just doesn't make sense to me. Well, this meeting was partly organized behind the scenes by U.S., by the U.S. officials, Kurt Volker, yeah. and the one of the articles I read was talking about how it's now going to be in jeopardy because all of those U.S. officials have resigned now. So because of Trump, the meeting with Putin and Zelensky is now in oh, jeopardy. Oh, oh, okay. Did you say that? To, did I not understand? Was this not the France, Germany, Ukraine, Russia thing? Okay, yeah. that happened. Yeah, they, that's ongoing. Today. It's like yes, right yes, now. that's ongoing. Yeah. Right, right, right. I understand. Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that the U.S. got credit for putting that together. Yes, what foreign policy said. Right, right. Interesting. And all those guys have resigned now, and so they're saying that it puts the the Novos, uh, Zelensky, in, in jeopardy to be intimidated by Putin. And then it goes on to say – basically the article ends by saying any type of compromise is going to be bad for well, I'm, Zelensky. I'm reading this book on Ukraine and the media propaganda behind it, and I, over – well over 10,000 people have died there in those in those places and what the what the coup government in Kiev that we put in there they wanted to like make russian you know make the, take away the right for them to use russian in their official documents but most of them speak russian they're ethnic russians there they were they had to try to make a break it wasn't going to work for them to live under this crazy western kiev regime so that's what I think that's I don't think anybody except for the West really and Europe and stuff really wanted to uh, oppress those those two regions that that need some kind of autonomy because they're really ethnic Russians. It's not that they're in league with Russia. It's that they're Russian. You know, they're yeah. just that's the way it is. That's the way the earth works like you where the lines are drawn isn't necessarily what language you speak. And that's a thing. Like when you speak a language, it doesn't mean you're loyal to the government of Russia, but you can't yeah. ban the language that most 70 percent of them say that is their primary language or I, that I, I'm not 
positive it's 70% say it's a primary language, but certainly 70% speak it from the cradle. Anyway, so I, I'm continuing to read this book. It's very, it's very sad situation over there. Yeah. And I don't think anything is what you see is what you get. The other thing that was kind of in this same category was the IG report. The inspector general report comes out, came out and it said just exactly as both you and I were a hundred percent positive, it would be ambiguous. You were not going to get to the bottom of it. It says that there were many, many extreme irregularities and missteps by every one of the three handpicked groups that were supposed to be investigating the origin, the uh, FBI, the investigation of potential Russian collusion in the 2016 election, but that partisan bias was not found. So it's it's like the flip of the Mueller report. The Mueller report said, we haven't seen Trump colluding, but there was obstruction of justice. Here it's, we don't see Democrat partisan bias, but we do see a lot of incompetence. And then, but Christopher Steele, the Christopher Steele dossier on which a lot of the in, incompetent moves or questionable moves was based was paid for by the Democrats. And that guy was a, he, his cover had been blown 10 years prior. He was a worldwide known, ineffective, no longer competent, no longer capable spy of the UK in Russia. So I, I would argue that if there's any truth to any of this narrative, they picked him on purpose, knowing full well there there it was irrelevant whether there's any truth attached to it. So to say that there was no Democrat bias is pretty hard to believe. It's very hard to believe, and that immediately makes you want to critically question the document because an honest document would say there's bias. If if they were there's always bias, is what I'm trying to say. There's always a little bit of bias one way or another, but that bias can be overcome by people who are aware of it and take steps to make sure, okay, let me make sure I'm not being biased here. Here's how I'm doing Well, that. and that's the thing about, like, even the Trump impeachment stuff. What you, what you have to say is, what is it in your power to do? Like, that's another thing about objective law. It's meant so that there are clearly defined parameters of what you can and cannot do. And that's when you get into... When you get into trying to pull out a lot of politics and giving government a lot of power, you get away from objective truth in law, which basically is defined by your person and your property and the limits of that and the rights that are established around that. When you start getting into the maneuvering of great cogs of power to try to make sure that a central control mechanism is pure, you can see how impossible it is to do that. And that, that if there are clear parameters, right, you have to assume there's bias and you have to make sh- it, it, those clear parameters are designed really solely because people rules and law are there because people cannot be trusted. It's because uh-huh. that people act in their own interest. That's what it's for. Yeah. So this should go around that. And I'm sure it's a 400-page report. I'm sure it's BS. Or I, I should say I suspect it will be full of, of complete fluffy nonsense and 302 reports. It won't, be, it won't have the most integrity of any document you've ever read before. Well, it probably won't have any meat. Right. I bet – I mean I think that's probably another provocation the way that that is framed. 
I'm not going to believe, oh, there's no bias here. That's just not a, that's not a reasonable thing. But if it was there's bias, but here's the steps they took to mitigate it, and they showed you the steps they took, and I can say, okay, I can see how they were trying to curb their bias. But they didn't do that. They just said no bias. So that is automatically going to provoke people who question and who don't believe that Trump did anything wrong or whatever. That's a good point. Like by stating it like that, it's what's triggering people. And that is why even the Wall Street Journal article I read, which that's an interesting point that you should bring that out because I did think it was ambiguity. I think people would fight about it. The Wall Street Journal said it was likely to uh, fuel debate and – and and putting it just like that, you're right. We you you're you're having the debate already. You're saying right there, like it's on its face wrong. You can't make a statement like that. Yeah, it's like it's like Trump's provocation of saying that was a perfect call, so that everybody's going to go. Right. It wasn't perfect. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Trump's a liar. <laughs> right, exactly. Perfect. Let's add that to the no. ten. That's the ten thousandth five hundredth lie, according to the Washington Post. Right. There's another right. Oh thing. yeah. Exactly. So, oh, one other thing on um, whatever, how government works. There is breaking news that I, I probably have to read a bit about, but that it's called the Afghanistan Papers, that the war that they was known for years, if not decades, that the Afghanistan war was unwinnable. Oh, the Pentagon and Papers. That, is that what are they called? It's the ripoff of the Pentagon Papers, the Afghanistan Papers. Oh, so it's called the Afghanistan Papers. That's what papers. they're calling it. They're 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 teeing this up to be a big scandal, yeah. obviously, I think, because they gave it a name already. I, and saw, I just saw that it. this morning, now that you say that, yeah. Yeah, but, but I just wanted to point out, like, before we really dig into this as it unfolds, is that I read a book by Michael Scheuer, who... Uh, he seems very much like a limited hangout to me. He was the CIA Obama, Osama, Osama bin Laden uh, chief, and he's kind of like harsh critic, and he came out back then, and he originally wrote this anonymously. It was called Imperial Hubris, and he said, long time ago, he said, we'll be in Afghanistan for 10 years. Not only will we not win, nothing will have changed. The Taliban will still be in power. The way Scheuer operates, I felt like this was... You know, not him being a genius, but him just knowing the plan and telling us for yeah. whatever reason. I don't know. So anyway, I read about what they're talking about 10 years ago. Yeah. So I don't know why this is breaking news. I guess evidence evidence has come out. It's another. I should go look at that book. I have that book. I bet the evidence is in that. Damn I'm book. sure it is. It's another revelation <laughs> of the propaganda methods, which we've seen a lot lately. They're trying to say, here's how this propaganda works. But what in doing so, they're only showing the simple propaganda stuff and they're not showing the truly subtle and big picture propaganda stuff so by exposing i don't know what you mean this is from what i read about this is it is exposing a propaganda campaign that misled us about the afghanistan war oh okay yeah and it's similar to what they did back in I don't know, maybe 10 years ago with yeah. the Pentagon Papers, actually. They with did the, the same thing with well, the, the Pentagon, Pentagon papers. papers was Nixon. Oh, was that Nixon? Yeah, are you thinking of the Panama Papers? <laughs> maybe was it like was. It was they, they exposed the whole weapons of mass destruction thing. The New York Times yeah, wrote yeah, an yeah. article about it, and there's been yeah. academic studies on the propaganda campaign. Yes, and yes. That, along with they talk about gaslighting a lot and whataboutism. There's a whole show on CNN, Reliable Sources, most unreliable show on TV that dedicated to pointing out the 
basically propaganda-type techniques that the right uses. But what they're showing is not the real sophisticated propaganda techniques. It's the surface-level stuff that is going to make people think they can recognize it and say yes. and feel confident that they understand and know how to spot fake news. I know because I hear people saying, oh, that's gaslighting. That's what about us all the time. One, they don't even get those terms right. Two, they have a false confidence in their ability to decipher truth from fiction. And it looks like it looks like it's an unwinnable that, – that true, successful, undetected propaganda is an unwinnable battle because the press core of the world is constantly chipping away at it. And uh-huh. maybe it doesn't come out right away, but eventually it all gets exposed. So, you know, maybe it's 10 years before they get their due, but they get it and the world recovers and the pendulum swings. And it's not that. There's a, a massive underneath-it-all propaganda for the big – war machine or the big debt machine, whatever it is, that nobody goes near. Absolutely. And we are living in a time right now of major sociological, psychology, psychology, propaganda studies right now. We are subjects in a grand propaganda test and experiment that there will be academic papers and books written on for decades to come about this about this shrinking of the world and the ability to communicate a message just around the world in an instant. They're, they're running tests on us right now. Yep, I I thought that with the thing that got me taken down from WordPress. Yeah. I was like, why are they showing a picture of a Sandy Hook kid as a Pakistan victim? Why, 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 why is the BBC sending this picture? And just asking that question really destroyed all my work. <laughs> like, yeah. just asking that question. I was somebody who would ask that question. Exactly. And, they, and then they told me to stop asking it. And I was like, okay. And then they said, but you don't have to. And I was like, oh, okay. And they're like, wow. And that, Take her down. Yeah. She's... <laughs> That's the key, the way you said it. That's the key. See, people hear the Sandy Hook thing and they start to say, "Oh, well, well Sandy Hook," and they'll get brisk, uh, you know, they'll bristle, bristle about yeah. people talking about Sandy Hook. It's not about the, that. It's, it's about the fact that you're the type of person that would ask that question. That I never said about. Sandy Hook was a hoax. No, I know you didn't say it was. a I hoax. I really don't know what happened there. But when people hear that, when people hear that you got kicked off, uh, when they hear Sandy I know. Hook, I know, and it's not about Sandy Hook. It's about I'm what tainted. you just said. I'm tainted. Yeah, I know. So look, I uh, we spent so much time on that stuff, but every once in a while, I just like to think about the principles of things and talk about it. You could do headlines for 30 minutes straight every day without even scratching the surface of what it really means. But the impeachment thing has been driving me crazy because it's so it's it's frustrating and how and how primitive it is. But how important it is. So I kind of wanted to get into that. But you had some really fun stuff I, I didn't want to miss. So let's – what do you want? What do you got? Well, do you want to go with the chimera? Oh, let's go with bananas, actually. I like that one. Okay. All righty. In an art show – I can't remember the exact location, but it is – it was one of those ritzy places where, like, Leonardo DiCaprio and George Clooney – This it was an art show and a gallery filled with many celebrities and powerful people – and one of the pieces of art was a banana duct taped to a wall. And three of these pieces sold. How much is it? Is it a fresh banana? Fresh banana. Like, is it going to rot? Eventually. <laughs> that was the question people had is how will it be preserved? How much you think these sold for? Banana uh, I mean, duct taped to a wall. And what was the name of it? 
The com- it was named you know? the comedian actually. The name of that piece of art was, was the called the comedian. Mm-hmm. Okay, and wasn't there a comedian who used a banana as a phone? Was that Steve Martin? Maybe. It's okay. Every improviser who ever. Got it. Okay. Uh. You really want me to guess? Obviously, it should be nothing, but it's something. So I'm going to say $50,000. You are $100,000 short. Wow. Actually, two of them sold for 120, so they raised the price to 150, and another one sold at 150, and then the artist came out and took the banana off the wall and began to eat it. Of course, I'm sure he's not going to give them the eaten <laughs> banana and duct tape. That'd be a ripoff. <laughs> they need the rotten one. These people who go around. But the that's world, a yeah. test. That's a test. Well, that's a test. A banana test. I think. I mean, I just. I feel like I, when I I would see stuff when I was growing up, Jackson Pollock or Mark Rothko. My father would be like, "That's this is a joke. This is the emperor has no clothes." But I think there is value. Like, I, if you took a fake one, or you tried to do it in your basement, it wouldn't look right. So uh, there's something to it. It's like jurisprudence. It's like I I can't figure it out because of math. But I'm sure like art people. Ten different art people locked in a room can tell you which one is a good piece of art and which one isn't. Maybe not. I could be wrong about that. I think this but, is a bunch of rich people who think it's funny yeah. to blow money on stupid stuff. There was a bunch yeah, of other that, interesting – can't seem – this doesn't seem right to me because no. it's going to rot anyway. Well, that wasn't the – that was the, the story, but underneath that, some of the other art pieces – like one of the other art pieces was a tiny construction of a massive traffic jam near the ocean – so it was like they built a little, little tiny, Diorama. like a micro machine <laughs> type of world. Yeah. And they showed what a big traffic jam caused by climate change would look like. Oh my God. What, why did the traffic jam, why was he caused by climate change? I think there was too many bananas duct taped to a wall. <laughs> uh, I'm waiting for them to blame the New Zealand volcanic eruption over the weekend on Climate change. No, I didn't hear about that. <clears throat> There's an unexpected volcanic eruption. 50 tourists were on the little island, and I think five of them were killed. That's I don't know how you can tie a volcano. but uh, I think a volcano is – I think that, that's an easy one. See, all the stuff with to, climate to change To tie to climate change? You can, you can tie – they tied yeah. the animal – the Endangered Species Act to climate change. They've tied education to climate change. Everything revolves around climate change, and when they make it so complicated and complex, they want to make impeachment simple. Yeah. But with climate change, they go through this convoluted explanation so yeah. that people tune out, don't want to listen, just accept what they say. They can tie it to absolutely anything. The volcano erupted. It changed, it changed the atmosphere. The lava affects the climate in a weird way and makes climate change worse. People go, well, I don't know. I guess that's true. Oh, I was just saying, are they going to say the volcano was caused by climate oh, change? Oh, caused by – well, clearly it was caused by climate change. Yes, I know. Sorry. I, I'll i work on it. I'll figure something out. Fill in scare scary climate thing here. See, climate change – volcanoes get very, very angry at the lack – at the inaction that adults have to stop climate change. Yes. Causing it was them a baby. to burst lava out it's of their home. pubescent hole. volcano. Exactly. It's a really – All right. What else you got? <laughs> Did you see the Walmart sweater? No, was the Walmart it's a, it's a super strung out Santa with a big pile of snow, three lines, and a straw in his hand, and it says "Let it snow." Ha! 
It's like an angry stick figure kind of Santa. Oh, is that the one he's doing cocaine? And that's the one they took out of Walmart. Yeah, they took it out. It was just an online store. But that goes with Amazon getting sued for hoverboard fires. They sold like, they had like 50,000 listings for hoverboards, but they burned a few houses down. Yeah. And they're trying to sue Amazon. But like in my mind, Amazon is a mall. I don't know if you could sue a mall for having a sharper image that had a hoverboard in it. I don't know. But it reminds me of how they approach the, and I think the parallel has been made by others than me, but they, that the idea of like a, a Facebook being responsible for content, like, is it the publisher or is it just a platform? Is it the mall or is it the store? Yeah. And, And that stuff does, it does matter. But anyway, Walmart took the sweater down and I just, I can't help but think that it could play into that bigger question. Well, there's an opportunity right there. Somebody needs to sell that exact same design. Dude, I want that sweater. It, the, the Santa looks just just tweaking enough to be like, mm. And wouldn't that be what Santa really looked like it's if he kind were of doing a skinny he, Santa. Yeah, if he were doing what he is claimed to do, flying yeah, around. Yeah, staying up all night. <laughs> the, the speed of light with no, like in a convertible thing, his body would be just malnourished and destroyed, and he would have to do cocaine to make that many houses i think so there's another story that i saw where a dentist was i think he's being suspended or something because he filmed himself like removing cavities from a patient that was under the gas but the Mm -hmm. way that he was doing it is he was riding one of those hoverboards back and forth around the patient while he's working no way yeah wow yikes he's trying to get his exercise in I don't know if that'd be good exercise or not, though, because you don't really have to do anything hmm. except balance. Faster work, I guess. Can you do another one? Can you do give us another uplifting story? You want another uplifting story? Let me see what I got on my list here. Or weird story? Well, like a pig monkey chimera? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I was wondering when you said chimera. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chinese scientists have developed... Apparently, the world's first pig monkey chimera. Now, if you look this up online, you'll find a bunch of pictures that aren't the real pictures because the ones that you'll find are pictures of pigs with weird monkey faces. That's not what it is. The pig looks like normal pigs, but it's actually two pigs, and they have monkey cells within them. And the reason that they're doing this is so that they can eventually put grow human organs inside pigs that can be used to transfer organs into people who need them, but they, I think they took five thousand um, eggs and they and they put uh, they put monkey cells in five thousand mm. of them or something like that, and ten of them were born and two of them came out with the monkey cells in them instead of just being pure pig, and then they both died within ten days, and that's, that's what China's awful. doing. I think. I think the underlying thing to notice about that story is that China continues to push the boundaries with radical experiments, whether in technology or in science, that they do not regulate, which puts pressure on us to do similar things in the race for you know, the perfectly yeah. gene-edited chimera or the perfect yeah. 5G. Or it's like the psychological experiments that Russia did, especially around music and other things on human beings, and we just use it. We just use it. We just use that the results of unethical experimentation that, for some reason, they did in other countries. Yeah. We're okay with that. 
Uh, we just don't want to get our hands dirty that way. But we'll take the results. Ethical quandary. What'd you do if somebody was like, I have to tell you something? Don't tell me. There's I don't monkey know. cells inside of you. Oh. <laughs> Anytime someone says, I want to tell you something, but you can't tell anybody, I'm like, don't tell me. I don't want to know. Yeah, it's never a good thing. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com at 4 p.m. or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. We will talk to you guys tomorrow.